Welcome to the Now You Know Akron podcast, brought to you by the journalists of BeaconJournal.com. Each week, they will share their expertise on Akron and Summit County. Now, here's your host, Craig Webb. Thanks for joining us for the Now You Know Akron podcast. I'm your host, Craig Webb. First, here's three things you should know from recent headlines on BeaconJournal.com. Akron police have released a series of body-worn videos from officers who responded to a domestic violence call in February. The department says the videos show that claims that an officer placed his knee on the neck of a suspect are unfounded. The videos do, however, show that one officer did shove snow into the face of the Akron resident who was being subdued. The man can be heard saying, I can't breathe. The officer in question has since resigned from the department. The release of these videos has renewed calls for further review of police tactics in the city. The search for a new superintendent for Akron schools is nearing an end. There are just four candidates remaining and we were able to chat with them about the job and the future of Akron schools. All four candidates are from outside of the district and will have day-long interviews with staff and meet with students. The school board is expected to make its final decision soon. Our final story, all Ohioans ages 16 and older are now eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. As school districts begin to set up mass vaccinations for eligible students, Health officials are encouraging parents to sign up their kids. Some young adults remain hesitant to get the vaccine. They are currently only eligible for the Pfizer vaccine, while children ages 12 to 16 may soon also become eligible. Experts say vaccinating teens would not only protect them, but others from the disease, as it seems young adults are spreading the infection at higher rates. BeaconJournal.com and our apps always feature updated headlines and subscriber-exclusive content you can't find anywhere else. And now for our spotlight story, we're joined by Beacon Journal reporter Jim McKinnon, who has been reporting on development in downtown Akron since, I believe, the canal boats last uh, used the old canal. I think that was a few years ago. And Susie Graham, the president and CEO of Downtown Akron Partnership. Welcome, everyone. Thanks so much for having me. It's good to be here. And I, I think you're right. I, I've been doing this for about that long. I remember the first mule that I owned. And you're you're probably wearing the same suit from Polsky's department store also. So you're yes, you're all fit. yes. I guess we'll start out, Susie, and, I, and, and I'm to introduce some folks about you know what your organization does. But I, I I'm just hard pressed because I'm finding myself, and maybe you you folks can can agree that I, I'm in this weird time warp that, that I'm finding that everything I think about is a year ago, right? It's been a year since, and and so I, I guess I. I, I would preface my question by saying, how has is, how is Downtown Akron Partnership changed because of the pandemic? I mean, your your mission, and, and maybe the goals remain the same, but, but you know, we had a year when you went downtown, and I know I visited our office, which is uh, also downtown, and it was like something out of a movie during a weekday. I mean, the streets were empty, and, and everybody was, was literally staying at home. So, so Susie, I, I'm just curious, the mission now and, and the mission like a year ago. Sure. So I think the timing of your question is very good because I really feel like we are beginning to pull out of the pandemic and sort of moving out of that mode that you just described. Our mission as an organization is to promote and build a vibrant and valuable downtown for all people. That mission has not changed, so it has remained the same 
whether we are in the mode of the pandemic or in a mode of construction or in this mode of sort of reawakening, um, that mission stays the same. So our work really runs a broad spectrum of activities um, from very tactical services to more strategic initiatives. Um, our hospitality efforts and our cleaning and safety services of our 10-person ambassador team, those they changed a little bit during the pandemic, but they have been working throughout the pandemic um, to create a clean, safe, and welcoming downtown. We continue to plant and maintain a robust beautification program downtown. We provide business support and also attraction and retention and economic development services. Those two, you know, during the pandemic, they certainly shifted a little bit. They changed, but that, that focus of work has remained the same. And really where we're starting to focus now is creating a vibrant downtown through programming, the arts, and public space improvements, and returning to some of the activities that we were doing pre-pandemic. And then naturally, uh, one of our most important initiatives is to market and promote all of our district and its amazing amenities to the people of Greater Akron and the world. So before the pandemic, it was probably about, you know, building all these plans, right? We were optimistic it was going to be a year of uh, hopefully opening some roads downtown, right, and, and opening some sidewalks, and then everything's on pause. So would you say that the past year has been a, a pause or a regrouping, or how, how would you describe the, the, the last year? I would say the last year, to be honest, there's been an awful lot of activity, but it's not necessarily um, the normal activity that we would have seen downtown. So during the pandemic, the phase one of Main Street was able to be completed. And so that was disruptive, but a necessary part of our sort of reemerging as a downtown that could invite increased business and increased residents into downtown. And we've started uh, phase two of that construction as well. So during the pandemic, uh, or right around the time of the pandemic, the scooters emerged downtown. Our construction was wrapping up in phase one. So we have this opportunity to um, see things come to life, but they haven't been animated quite in the same way as they will be now that more people are able to come out and enjoy all that there is to see and do in downtown. So I guess the question now would be what's going on with downtown development, primarily residential, including the Bowery Project and the law building. And this would be for both of you. I mean, how do these projects and others change downtown and, and how important are they to businesses in the downtown area? Sure. So the last year, actually really two years, have seen an increased amount of development, primarily residential. Um, in 2018, downtown completed our first consensus-led downtown plan under Mayor Horrigan. And priority one of that downtown plan was growing residential development so that we could balance our live, work, and play pillars. So if you think about like pillars holding up a structure, our downtown pillars were live, work, and play. And at the time, our work and our play pillars were really strong, and our live work, or I'm sorry, our live pillar was a little less strong. Um, so the primary recommendation from that plan was to move forward and to attract um, people to live downtown. And when I think back to 2018, I remember how many people uh, would sort of raise their eyebrows and say, do people really want to live downtown? Is there, you know, is there an audience that we can attract to downtown to live? And the answer is yes. So during this time, the Bowery Project has uh, opened its doors with 92 units. It's a 12-story building. That was a $42 million project. 
the law building, which will now be called the 159, has 112 units. It's an 11-story building. Um, that was a $30 million project, and that's just about to start its leasing. There are conversions to residential units in the Gothic and the Everett Historic Buildings downtown. The city center building was awarded its historic tax credits and is looking forward to a 60-unit um, conversion of office space. That's an 11-story building. That's another $20 million. The city center hotel is still planned for a residential conversion that was 80 to 100 units, about $25 million project there. And then Canal Place is also uh, entertaining some residential conversions. And that's not even taking into account the existing residential units that have also seen some reinvestment, uh, which would include the Mayflower and 22 Exchange converting its student housing to market rates apartments. So we've seen an awful lot of residential development, and we're excited to see how that will change the downtown neighborhood. Yeah, and I can add a little bit to that as well. Um, out of the, I know the, the Bowery Project retail development, the retail, the ground level retail that they're hoping to put in, that stalled during during the pandemic. But there's life there, I've been told, um, that they they've had multiple showings. Uh, for the open spaces that they've got there in the past couple of weeks. And uh, they actually may have may be lining up a tenant for the big ground level space in, in the landmark building, which they call Building A. And that's the, the tall building on the corner of Maine and Bowery. Um, they're, they're not giving me any details on that, but they're saying that's looking very, very hopeful right now. For people who try to envision the Bowery, that's the the stretch of formerly blighted buildings, if you look at the Civic Theater, from the, the right of the Civic Theater on down to Bowery Street. That's the Bowery Project. And then you've got the law building, um, now the 159, across the street from the Bowery, and that's the $30 million development by uh, Tom Ryback out of New Jersey, who is spending an awful lot of time in Akron um, on this. He's the, the architect, the contractor, the developer, and owner of the building. And uh, as Susie said, uh, they're actually looking to start leasing their upper floor, some of their upper floor apartments, actually, in the next couple of weeks. So we've got out of the 92 apartments at the Bowery, all but 12 actually have been uh, rented out. So we're we're seeing signs of people wanting to live in downtown Akron. It's interesting. I I think, you know, um, obviously we work downtown Akron at our building at the Beacon Journal, but um, I, I think... At one point, you, you thought of people who lived downtown as, as being young college students, but but now we're we're, we're seeing that shift a, a little bit, Susie. Right? I mean, it, it's more of a mix. It is more of a mix, and certainly still including those college students. Uh, so we're excited to see that blend of you know anyone from a 18 to 24 year old who's attending the university might be living next to a resident, for example, at the hospital, might be living next to a professional who's working in one of the downtown spaces, might be living right next to someone who is a remote worker um, who has just decided that downtown is the place for them because there is so much that they can see and do close by and have this amazing quality of life um, while they're living in one of those beautiful buildings with an amazing view. So part of downtown living is amenities, and and I would be remiss if we didn't talk parking, but I, I guess you also want to eat, right? I mean, we can't just eat peanuts from the peanut shop. I mean, is there is there a wish list of thing downtown partnership in the city, a, a grocery or a small niche kind of kind of grocery downtown? Is that anything that could be in the future? 
Certainly. So when we think about people living in a downtown neighborhood or any neighborhood, you think about all the things that you want to be close to. So the cool thing about residents downtown is they help us achieve a 24-7 active downtown. And they will have the same desires as anyone living in a neighborhood, um, a grocery store, uh, things to see, things to do, and places where they can get the things that they need to to live their lives. So a grocery store, though, it's interesting, as we've watched other downtowns develop a really strong residential population, the grocery store really comes late or later. You usually have to develop a significant amount of density in order for a grocery store of any kind of size to survive and make the margins necessary for it to be a sustainable business. So sometimes their uh, grocer is brought into a residential building and the lease is offset significantly by a developer or an investor. Um, so the grocery is something that we look forward to. But again, there are enough people who are excited to move into the downtown neighborhood that they will seek their groceries the way that some of us that don't live, you know, a block away from a grocery store do, which they would take their car or perhaps they would have their groceries delivered. Um, or would look for some other kind of method to get groceries. But definitely as part of our future, once we're uh, building more of our residential density, I see that grocery store, a full-service grocery store coming into being. Um, you mentioned a niche-style grocer or just a place for some essentials for living. I would definitely see that in our future um, within the next couple of years. And if your niche is cheesesteaks, we already have you covered, right? I, I did visit. Um, Eddie's cheesecake, famous cheesecake the other day, and and part two, and it's very good. I um, love the artsy things he's he's done inside, and that's example of someone who who took that gamble in in the midst of, of the pandemic, right? He did. Thank you so much for visiting Eddie's. Yes, um, we are happy to have so many, mostly independently owned small businesses that are our dining destinations in downtown. Those who are, you know, part of our residential population, they can enjoy those destinations as they choose. It, once upon a time, most of the places that existed in downtown to eat were primarily lunch-based businesses because they were serving our workplace economy more than a residential economy. So the cool thing is, is we're sort of seeing that shift to more of a 24-7 downtown, those small businesses will be able to expand their hours and change the way that they are serving um, and broaden the audiences that they are serving too. That's one outcome, I think, of the pandemic that's been interesting. There have been some who, forced to rethink their operations during the shutdown, have really figured out how to maximize online sales and establish healthy margins so that they can keep their businesses afloat. Sweet Mary's is one that comes to mind. She shifted to an entirely online operation during the pandemic, um, but you can still go there and pick up amazing pies and desserts and all kinds of good stuff from Sweet Mary's. And your comic book shop had um, online auctions, as I visited one day and uh, watched the, the furious bidding as they were selling uh, bobbleheads and, and things online on Facebook. I guess my other question is, you know, as people start returning back, I mean, we're not back. I'm still in my dining room office, but, you know, I think more and more businesses are starting to transition back to their, their traditional office downtown. I mean, is parking going to start to be an issue or as we add more residential, is there a long-term plan? If we have a rubber ducks game on a night and hopefully the Civic is packed one night and we have all these folks living downtown, I mean, are we at a tipping point for parking? Do we have enough? 
Yep, it's a great question, and it's something that comes up frequently. The lack of parking downtown is one of the most popular urban myths about Akron and downtown Akron. So the now, sort of like where we are right now, when we did the downtown plan, nearly a third of the surface area in downtown was devoted to parking. So when we think about does downtown have a parking problem, the answer is no, but we do struggle with um, some folks who have pretty significant aversion to walking, right? So there are plenty of parking spaces available. When we do our annual survey, we ask folks, uh, you know, like how far are they comfortable walking to their destination? And typically the response is between two to three blocks. So if we assume that most people are within that range of two to three blocks, knowing that certainly there will be people who need really up-close parking because they may be living with a disability or have some other need that requires close-in parking, we have plenty of parking available within two or three blocks for people to enjoy. And I think that's one of the exciting things about the new Main Street design. It really encourages walking. It has nice wide sidewalks. It encourages you to explore downtown, to stroll Main Street, um, and to really enjoy the downtown experience, go into shops, go into storefronts, and um, enjoy all that there is in downtown. So the other thing is, so then we think about the later, like where are we going? And I believe I mentioned, you know, there's this trend of people who will be remote workers who we want to attract into downtown as residents, and they and others will start looking at things like car sharing, and autonomous vehicles are on the rise. So I see, you know, as we are building density in downtown, I think we will actually have a decreased demand for parking. And at the exact same time, we should see the use of public transit going up. So people would be able to move in and around the downtown area very easily in partnership with Metro using our public transit. And if you haven't taken a stroll through downtown, I would suggest you do the the, the Public art displays are, are fantastic, and they change frequently, and, and you never know what you might see in a store window, a shop window. I mean, it's they, they've done a really good job, but that could be a whole podcast in and of itself. I guess, Jim, I, I'm kind of curious. Um, you you talk to our business leaders a lot. Um, what are you hearing on, on timetables for for moving back downtown and, and starting to end our remote uh, our remote experience uh, as employees? Each business is different. You know, some businesses have started you know, moving employees back into the offices. Others are, are, you still have a lot of remote workers like the Beacon Journal. It's like you're at your dining room table. I'm at what I call my, my man cave home office. It's going to take time as, as, uh, the pandemic, we all hope, uh, goes away. People get vaccinated and businesses look at what work model works best for them. Can they still maintain high levels of productivity and with people working at home? Will they stick with that? Does it make more sense for them to bring more people back into the office? You know, we're seeing at least one business, not in downtown Akron, but in Akron, uh, Babcock and Wilcox, which recently moved into its headquarters in the, the former Goodyear campus, now known as the East End, looking to sublease part of their new headquarters space because they, they found that they can have uh, employees, uh, work from home. So it's going to be this, we're going to be in this, I think this test phase or, you know, as the pandemic goes away, as, as we're all trying to feel our way back to some sense of, of normalcy, um, living at home and, uh, and work. 
And downtown Akron is going to be part of that experiment. I guess the big question yet to be answered is whether my uh, death mate, my yellow lab Bailey, will be allowed to return. And I'm sure cats and other uh, critters that, that people have uh, become used to having office mates with, uh, whether they return when we return. I guess Susie, I'm, I'm kind of curious about what do you think downtown will look like this summer? Will there be special events? I mean, will it be kind of a, I want to say a bummer of a summer? I mean, we, we kind of had bits and starts with, with the Winterfest, you know, at Lock 3, but um, I think some of it worked out, and they had some innovative ways to be creative with, with um, some artwork and things. But but you see uh, festivals and fireworks and, and what we uh, come to know and love for downtown? I do. I think we're going to see some of those things come back. They'll come back a little bit more slowly, but we're definitely, you know, the rubber city's bouncing back. So we will still be in this physically distant, socially connected, healthy downtown kind of mode. But we're seeing activities pick back up with health precautions in place and some capacity limitations and things of that nature. But we're really feeling like, especially at this time of year, um, we're starting to see more people out. We're able to bring people back together to do some things out in public spaces so long as there are some distancing requirements in place. The governor's issuing some changes on expectations for bringing people together for events and for festivals and things of that nature. Um, we're really excited. May 4th is going to be the opening of the Akron Rubber Duck season, so we're looking forward to that. Again, reduced capacity, but we're still back in action um, watching our, our minor league baseball team hit one out of the park. Uh, the Civic is completing its $8 million in renovations, and we'll be bringing folks back into three different spaces at the Civic, so we're excited for that. You mentioned Curated Storefront has done amazing things in storefront windows in downtown, so people can come down and just enjoy being out and about if they're less comfortable being in an in like an interior space. You guys had great coverage of the Summit Brew Path that's opened back up that includes some breweries downtown, Summit Art Space is having people back. Um, the Akron Art Museum is now open to the public. The symphony is starting to look at moving from virtual events into live events. You know, so there's there's just all these different things that are starting to happen and, and bubble up. Downtown Akron Partnership is looking forward to programming some fitness activities in um, public spaces in downtown. So those were very, very popular last summer. We were able to do those with distancing in place and plenty of health precautions, and people really enjoy just sort of being out and about, being around other people, but having plenty of room um, to distance themselves, to wear their masks, and but to still enjoy being in downtown and around one another. So I think we're going to see it. It's not going to look exactly like uh, the summer of maybe three years ago, um, but it's going to be close, and we're going to be able to enjoy um, our community, you know, being together with each other again, which I'm excited about. I want to thank you, Jim and Susie. We appreciate your time today. We could probably talk for a whole day about all this, but I look forward to maybe sitting at a booth with both of you real soon at the Diamond Deli. I could use a Reuben sandwich or a cup of soup, but um, we, we thank you again for, for uh, taking your time today with us. Thank you so much for the invitation. I so appreciate it. Please check out everything there is to see and do in downtown at downtownakron.com. And it was good being on the podcast with you, Craig. Hope to see you in person soon. That's all we have today for the Now You Know Akron podcast. Be sure to join us again next week. Episodes will be released every Wednesday wherever you download your favorite podcast. 
and available on beaconjournal.com and all of our apps. We urge you to support local journalism by becoming a subscriber. If you've already signed up, we thank you. Until next week, now you know Akron.